dear friends, welcome to Kardec Radio. Here we are in one more Lifting Hope Hour at Kardec Radio. This is about the chapters of the book, Memoirs of a Suicide. We're studying this book to understand about life. Though the topics talk about suicidal spirits, it's about life in itself. We don't want to restrict ourselves to only this particular case, but know it, that we need to prevent it. Because it's about living better the lives that we were granted by God. It's not only about being incarnated, it's about the mindset in the long run of immortality. In this book, Yvonne Pereira is the medium. She didn't psychograph the book. She actually was able to see the scenes, hear Camillus talking about it. She could see as if she were watching a movie as well. So she was writing it all down, also with the spirit author Camillo. Camillo, who was a Portuguese writer, very renowned in the 19th century. He committed suicide because he became blind and didn't understand why he had put up to put up with blindness. So he brings to us through Yvonne Pereira, with the help of Leon Denis, who revised the book, this phenomenal masterpiece that may recalibrate ourselves. Life is so important, so serious, but many are taking for granted. So this book helps us by giving a new meaning to life. Our lives, life itself, everyone whom we're connected with, knowing that we are under the divine law of action and reaction. Everything that we do has consequences. If I smoke, I am committing suicide because I'm cutting short my life. And you may be asking, what do I do? Ask for help. Psychotherapy is important to organize emotions. Also, medical help to help the physical body. And we also need spiritual help to make sure that we are multidimensionally recalibrated to rid ourselves of vices. Mm -hmm. We always recommend a multidimensional approach to treat our deficiencies, our issues in life. Right? Okay. So, we have been learning that the suicidal spirits are not doomed. Okay. At the end of uh, chapters five, chapter 5, there is a summary of the bullet points that Camilo has learned this far that we are more than the physical body, we have the peri-spirit, which is our spiritual body, we are spirits who have immortal life, we also understand that there are the laws of action reaction, that suicidal spirits are not doomed, they are not doomed to hell. They are going to be rescued only when the vitality that they were supposed to go through in this life is completely detaching them from the physical body. Then they are rescued, taken to hospitals like the hospital Mary of Nazareth. The legion of Mother Mary is around the world taking care of the millions of minds that are in that mindset. They go through treatments, moral therapy, and many other things, okay? All right. So, where have we stopped? In the previous chapter, which is the end of part one of this book, this book has three parts. Part one ended in the previous program. And at the end of the program, we've got to know that one of the physicians in this hospital, 
named Roberto de Canalejas, was a Spanish physician. He has a sad story to tell us because in a previous life, he was betrayed by his wife, whom he adored. And in previous lives, he committed suicide because of his love, let's say love. At the end of that chapter, we get to know that he still loves her, he forgives her, but she is now reincarnated in Brazil. She's five years old. And he visits her with Camille and others to show where she is. But when she as a child perceives the presence of Roberto, she screams, is afraid because she's ashamed of what she did in the past. It's very interesting because First of all, it makes us understand more about this, these behaviors that children may have in their daily lives. The presence of spirits that are visiting. Roberto is not a bad spirit, but he has sad emotions regarding Leila. And Leila, whom they were visiting, he doesn't talk about it in the book, but we know, according to Yvonne Pereira herself, before she discarnated, and books that were written later on, that she's the very Leila that they are referring to. So in this book, when Camilo goes to Brazil and sees that child, yeah, it's her when she was little. Okay? These are just side notes for us, right? So welcome to Kardec Radio, because we're entering a new part of the book, part two. It's about the departments in the hospital, and especially today, chapter 8, the watchtower. You'll be impressed about so many things we're going to learn, because it's going to make us live this life with much more vigilance. Hello, Jailton. How are you? Hello, Rihanna. How have you been? Hello, So Souza. How are you? Big hug to you. Raquel Bakeshi. How have you been? It's good to see you here. So friends, let us begin this chapter. This chapter begins with a quote. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, doesn't he leave the 99 of the, on the hills and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over, over it more than over the 99 that went, never went astray. So it is the will of my Father who is in heaven that not one of these little ones should perish. This is a quote by Jesus, Jesus Christ. And this is how the chapter begins. So he, he, Camilo begins by telling us that Brother Theocrito, who was in charge of their treatment, brings them together, invites them for a meeting in the auditorium of the hospital. They were there. Other companions were there too, the assistants. And then he says that... He's very happy to announce that the treatment that they have been allowed to receive in the hospital ended today. Isn't that beautiful? But he says, your organic physical astral condition has improved to the point where there's nothing else our hospitality can do for you. However, you're not yet fully healed. In fact, you're still quite sick. And you're reading this and you're asking, oh my gosh, that's crazy because he's in the hospital. He's saying, okay, you don't need to be here, but you're still sick. And we're like puzzled, right? We're puzzled. Mm. And you will continue to be sick for a long time if you do not possess a strong and disciplined goodwill for your complete recovery. I'm going to put a pause here. 
and talk to us about the status of ourselves on earth. When we are incarnated, we're in this hospital condition as well on earth. It's a school, it's a hospital. We're here also to redeem ourselves. We're here also to recover. And what do we need? Let's listen from Brother Teocrito. Strong and disciplined goodwill. Is it easy? No. But it is a must. So we need often to pray. Pray often and resist. Resist the conditionings of the past. We need to resist taking shortcuts. We can no longer afford shortcuts. Shortcuts like suicidal spirits, we dodge the difficulties instead of facing them. And instead of correcting ourselves, we just postpone it all. So we need to take the narrow door, which requires discipline. How do you feel about it? Oh, Vanessa, tell me a happy story. But this is the happy story. The story, if we hear it, we're going to succeed. We're going to live much better life. We're going to be able to relieve our hearts from troubles of the past and be stronger for the future by taming these tendencies in the present. For example, strong, disciplined will, goodwill. For example, in our daily lives. Let's say you have a free day. Could be during the week, at the weekend, during the weekend. And then you ask, what do I do today? Because you're free, right? Free to choose. And then you ask, well, I could do something useful for me and others. Well, sometimes going to a hair salon and doing your hair is useful, of course. If, if you need it, of course. But I was talking to somebody the other day and they were telling me about people, for example, in Brazil who go to hospitals and uh, they don't have the bare minimum to buy medication, etc. So then when the person was telling me that on the phone, I was about to drive to a nail salon. You know, I just felt so discouraged to go there and spend that money, at least that day. I felt like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to spend this easy money here. Whereas there are people, maybe not that far away from us, who need those bucks to do better in the minimum conditions. Or like when we buy a coffee. That money could be so good in the hands of people who are in need, right? But then you may be asking again, Vanessa, does that mean we're not going to do those things? No, we will. But we're going to do it in the sense of self-care. Because, you know, doing the nails is very important. I know Amanda Andrade just got into this beautiful business of beautifying people. Congratulations, Amanda. And it's very important to be nice and neat because we're training our minds to be clean, presentable, etc. It's very important. We can't escape it. But we need to measure how much we're going to do it. I'm not going to do it every day unless... I'm a top model and I, know I need to do photo shoots, change the nail polish, right? But at least every week, every two weeks, depending on what you do, you need to do it. It's important. We're talking about daily decisions that will give us strength in the long run of immortality. The other day, somebody was asking me, 
how do I make myself feel less guilty and better? The answer of Mentor Joseph was, strive to do good actions, good deeds daily. And then the person asked, but what do you mean? For example, you are home. Take the trash out. Because people struggle with it, right? They're like, I'm not going to do it. Take the trash out. You feel good about it. That's going to diminish your guilt. Oh, yes. Wash the dishes. Cook. Give a hug. Make your bed. And other people's beds. Read a book. Make a phone call. And we can stretch it to bigger actions at work. A friend, a colleague comes and asks for help and you're overloaded with projects and things to be done, but you stop and help that friend. Your boss asks for you to finish something else other than the other things, and you just do it. You're not going to take the passive aggressive route. You're going to communicate and do your best. So these are the little things that will diminish our guilt, Make us feel better. Be stronger. For when big decisions come, I'm going to ace it. Do the right. Right? So he says, Brother Teocrito here, you need strong and disciplined goodwill for your complete recovery. Right? Mm-hmm. Sunshine is saying, goodwill is a form of charity, so we are called to practice strong and disciplined charity. Beautiful, Sunshine. Exactly. Yeah, fix your bed. Exactly. Thank you, John Rosa. Why not? Right? Okay, so you are about to enter a new phase of treatment. Okay, so they are going to be given a new opportunity one that is of a moral and mental nature exclusively. The truth is that you would not need a hospital or surgeons or nurses for your recovery on the spiritual plane if you were individuals with upstanding moral qualities. Or if you possessed a mental development supported by virtues of the heart and the accomplishment of duty. Okay. So pause for a second because this helps us. Train here in this incarnation. He says, moral qualities. He says, virtues that will sustain mental development and duty fulfillment. So if we can tell based on this book and all the spiritist books, the one pathway that will help us Succeed in this reincarnation is become a virtuous person. Strive to be more virtuous. So look at a book that talks about virtues and let us aim at it. Like Ben Franklin, he was only 20 years of age when he was sailing and he realized, I don't know, much more of this, but he, he was so insightful at a very young uh, stage in his life. He observed that he had to strive in virtues. He observed himself, studied himself, and outlined 13 virtues that he thought would be best to observe, work upon, to have a better life. We should do the same. If we observe ourselves, we're going to see tendencies. And if we make a list of these virtues, we're doing the very therapy that Brother Theocrito is describing to them. Things we need to do to avoid mistakes and succeed in life. How about in the next 24 hours? we find out the three top virtues 
we need to work upon individually to be better, stronger in the immortal life. Shall we observe yourself? And instead of saying, oh, I am not good at this, you say, I need to work on this. And I will. I'll be better at this. And decide on the top three. Aim at it. The guardian angel is going to help you. It's going to help us. And we're going to master it. Shall we? And then he said, if that had been the case, your will combined with the lofty vibrations to which you should have harmonized your own would have lifted the veil of spiritual knowledge to which your minds would have been attuned thanks to their spontaneous affinity. And you would have entered naturally and openly into the spiritual world as if you were entering your own home because the invisible is everyone's real homeland. Unfortunately, you know very well that your life on earth and your deeds were not patterned after the conduct necessary for a spirit's blissful admission to the astral world. You neglected the nobility of principles and high standards of your goals. You failed to educate your character when facing the feverish base passions that poison the mind. You enslaved your heart to evil prejudices. You belittled your soul with the insidious impulses of pride. And you caged your string of follies with your unspeakable attack against the law of the one who is the only Lord of all creation and therefore the only one who has the sovereign power to end the life of his creatures. In such a harmful state and yoked to calamitous prejudices, you would not have been able to assimilate anything in the spirit world unless it had been conveyed to you in materialized form, because that is what your mind was accustomed to. So let's put a pause here. He's talking about prejudices, passions that are not tamed. If you go to the Spirit's book by Allan Kardec, it talks about passions at a particular point. And Kardec learns and shares with us that having passions is not bad. The bad part of it is not administering them, not managing them. Even passion for work, for anything, we need to balance. And there is also prejudices here. We often think we have no prejudices, right? Today, I was listening to that uh, song by... Okay, okay, I just gave my, the name of the person here. I'm just going to open here to say, John Lennon, woman, that song that says woman. And I was reading about the history of the lyrics when he says, it's so beautiful. I want to open here and talk about it because this is one of the prejudices that we have in life. It's about the lack of respect for one another. And he says, woman, I can hardly express my mixed emotions and my thoughtlessness. After all, I'm forever in your debt. And woman, I'll try to express my inner feeling and thankfulness for showing me the meaning of success. And the lyrics and the history of the lyrics tell us that he was not only saying this to Yoko Ono, whom he had a relationship, but he says, I made this song because once when I was young, I used to hit women, he said. I was violent. And that's why I seek peace now. Those who seek peace are the ones who are the most violent. It's amazing what he says. So, so, so aware of himself. And this is one of the prejudices that we'll find in many of these characters that made this book come true, like Camilo 
and um, Mario Sobral, Jerônimo, etc. They also had their prejudices regarding material life, including that regarding the other sex. So we are called tonight to revisit it because we are here incarnated to go past those limitations. Thinking beyond what the eyes can see. Race, socioeconomic status, beauty, anything else. Fame, etc. We're still so prejudiced that if we meet somebody who is famous, we treat them differently. Chico Xavier wasn't like this. Neither Jesus Christ. They were not like this. They would meet the people who were the most famous, the richest, the prettiest, and treat them just like they treated anybody else and vice versa. We're not like this. Because when we see somebody who has titles, fame, money, beauty, influence, we treat them differently. That's called prejudice and materialism. You see, things we need to fix in ourselves to be stronger. Hello, Adriana Lemos, how are you? So, back to the book. They are invited to this new treatment, which will be moral mental, they say. Mm -hmm. And they say, um, the discourse is so beautiful. He says, at some point, a new reincarnation is inevitable in your case. You will have to repeat the lifetime you aborted with your suicide when you sidestepped fulfilling the sacred duty of enduring the lessons that suffering was trying to teach you for your own benefit, progress, and future happiness. However, you are free to choose to reincarnate now or later when better equipped with the more resources that you can acquire here with us. You must understand that this means that if you reincarnate immediately, you will only pay a small portion of your debt, but if you wait a while to reincarnate, you will be able to pay it all because you'll be in better condition to endure the struggles that such a huge endeavor would entail. Therefore, it would indef definitely be better if you would postpone your commitment to repair your wrongdoing. Meanwhile, if you're truly interested in studying the science of the spirit world, you can take one of our courses on initiation. We can assure you that it will greatly enhance your ability to emerge victorious, and it will help soften the sorrows and obstacles that you know will be inherent to the dolorous effort of redemption the science of the spirit world and what are we doing here now studying the very science of the spirit world and brother Theocritus is revealing to us that when we study this we're stronger so now we see the importance of parents teaching their children this science how important it is for us to make these studies because we'll be better off in our decisions. Hmm? We will. Of course, you could learn this science on earth itself because there are many solid and sure means capable of illuminating hearts and minds, impelling them along the pathway of truth. And then he talks about many prophets, masters in all civilizations who have come to deliver this. And he says that Jesus was the most eminent of them. Mm -hmm. And it is under his guidance that all the others have done what they did. 
So it's interesting because many people have resistance to Jesus, but at the end of the day, he is the one that is coordinating it all. But we understand when people have resistances to the Christian mindset, maybe they've, they have their own guilty feelings regarding what they did in the past. That's what some of the books explain to us. Many people avoid religion because they feel guilty unconsciously for what they've done to the use of religion in the past, like in the Crusades, in Inquisition, and many others. So now if you talk about religion, they're like, no, thank you, no, thank you. They want to be as far away as possible. Uh -huh. We usually think they are victims. No, sometimes they are the very people who created the problems. They want to be far away because they feel that they are not strong enough to go back. Does that mean they, they should be left alone? No, because we should bring our children from the very, very gestation onwards to the concepts of true spirituality. It's not about this orthodox mindset of religion, but it's about true love, true golden rule, when I do to others what I would like to receive, right? So, <clears throat> he tells them as if we are listening to it ourselves because it pertains to us. You have been reincarnating on earth for millennia, but till now, you have never even thought about making use of these treasures granted by the infinite goodness of heaven. You have passed them up with indifference without even examining their value. Of the large number of you have arrived here three years ago, many are still in no condition whatsoever to attempt anything at this time, bound to memories of absorbing passions, hardened in disbelief and discouragement, and completely morally and mentally incapable of the endeavors, they will still require more of the charity and sacred love of Mary who as the model mother feels so much compassion for the unfortunate. Others will have to reincarnate in order to correct the serious disturbances that remain in their astral body as a result of the violence inflicted by the shock of willful death. Okay. As you can see, my dear friends, for one century, two centuries, maybe even more, the suicide will continue to experience the frightening consequences of his act of irreverence toward the law of the great creator of all things. So you see, when we commit suicide, it takes one, two, or more centuries to put everything back together, repair because we're talking not only about our lives, but the lives of many. So committing suicide is going to hinder us in our progress for centuries. The pain of a day, of a moment, if sustained with bravery, believing God is going to pay off. I know it's not easy to suffer but we need to suffer well. What is to suffer well? Let's go to the Gospel according to Spiritism, chapter 5, okay? It says here. Let me read a little bit for us, right? It says here, To suffer well or badly, it's chapter 5, item 18. When Christ said, Blessed are the afflicted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He was not referring to those who suffer in general, since everyone on earth suffers, whether upon the throne or upon straw. Few suffer well. Few understand that only trials that are born well can lead them to the kingdom of God. Discouragement is a fault. God refuses you consolation because you lack courage. Mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia. This is huge for us. We're talking about the acquisition of a particular virtue that Jesus came to 
make us focus upon courage. Being discouraged, meaning lacking courage. Hmm? To face it. Prayer is a support for the soul, but it's not enough. It must be based on a living faith in God's goodness. You have often been told that God does not put heavy burdens on weak shoulders. The burden is proportional to the strength, just as the reward will be proportional to the resignation and courage. The reward will be greater than the affliction is painful. However, one must merit that reward, and that is why life is full of tribulations. <clears throat> the soldier who is not sent to the front is discontent because the repose of the barracks does not bring him a promotion. So then be like the soldier and do not desire repose in which your body would weaken and your soul would become numb. Be content when God sends you into battle. Mamma mia, this is so beautiful. It's so unique because it's giving a new meaning to the tribulation, saying, hey, this shall pass. But you know, be strong, like a soldier. Face the battle and believe in God. Trust, have hope and the courage to face the scenarios. We cannot escape anymore. We cannot drink alcohol to escape facing our lives. We cannot go wild in a shopping spree to make us happy because we're not going to be happier seeing the bills that we have to pay. <laughs> it's just going to get worse, right? By eating more, we're going to be more depressed to see the extra pounds we're gaining, oh my gosh, right? So it's one minute of escape for hours of workout to shed the calories we have gained. It's not easy. It's not simple. We need faith and courage. He talks about it in this, pair, in this chapter. They were all listening attentively. Camilo said that they were curious, but also horrified before the perspective of the future, a future we had no desire for. We were in dread of the gravity of our wrong, a dread that was for our soul equal to or worse than being condemned to the gallows. And then he talks about saying that Theocrito <clears throat> being sincere and honest, continued. As you have longed for ardently, the time to visit the earth has arrived. We will furnish you with guards and secure means of transportation. You're still inexperienced and you are still connected to the Legion because we are not yet finished helping you in your rehabilitation. Once you're on earth, please remember to be prudent, watching and praying as advised our guide, a divine model. In other words, keep your thoughts focused on the inspirations of duty, morality, and the good. That's what watch and pray means. We're incarnated, and we're going to see in this chapter information about how important it is to be vigilant, dutiful, having moral standards, and doing the good. This is what vigilance is, all, vigilance is all about. We are warning you that it will be detrimental if you want to stay on the earth, forgetting the colony. But before they go to the earth, they are going to show them the sectors of their institute. And that's why in this chapter, we're learning specifically about the watchtower okay they have the security as well as other departments like isolation mental ward and the department okay so at some point here in the next morning they go and start the visit so 
they were visiting the watchtower. And I have selected a few excerpts here. So here we have, I'm going to go straight to a point in which they say, they are visiting the that hospital sector. It's like a fortress, fortress, and the watchtower defended a surveillance outpost against various types of noxious assaults. Now, be prepared because he reveals something that is extraordinary for us. Inferior mental emanations coming from the outside were one of the worst and most feared invasions fought there. So you're thinking, they are defending the, the institute of what? And they're saying here, inferior mental emanations. Inferior mental emanations? Tell me, let us brainstorm here. Where do we find inferior mental emanations? In ourselves. Others. Anywhere. Inferior mental emanations are very dangerous. They make us weak. That's why you go to places like a spirit center, you feel great. Because we're always aiming higher. But then you go to other places and you feel like depressed. These inferior mental emanations. We need to watch out when we produce them because they are very toxic, noxious, they say. And he says about discouragement. Discouragement is a bad counselor. It would behoove you to meditate serenely on Brother Theocritus' advice. On the surface, it may seem trivial and simple, but it entails profound wisdom and is a golden key that you can use to unlock the gates that you think exist on your path towards rehabilitation. Okay? In the end, what does a life of 30 or 60 years of suffering really matter? A life in which the physical body may be deformed when we can use it to recover our spiritual honor and the peace that our conscience lacks. When we can use it as a redemptive circumstance to align us with the law we broke. There's no reason for you to be afraid of your expiation. So if you have to enter earthly experience with a deformed body in order to use the difficulties it imposes to learn to use every part of your physical flesh only to, in a worthy manner, do not hesitate. Endure the suffering. You're convinced of your wrongdoings, etc., etc. So it's very interesting. What I like the most about this book is that they show to us, like in Andre Lewis' books, how truthful the good spirits are. And I don't think people are used to that because we're so childish that when we hear the truth, we're so hurt, like, oh my gosh, you're saying that to me. But come on, the truth is the truth. When you see this book, you see this good spirits talking about, they're very straightforward, they are kind, but they're sincere and honest. We can no longer afford the sugar coating because life is very serious. Though joyful, it's very serious. It may seem a paradox, but it's not. It seems that it's valuable enough for us to focus and rejoice at the same time, right? Okay. <clears throat> so now, at some point here, okay, they're going to tell us something that is very, um, another information that may be very useful for us in our daily life. He says, at some point later, okay, <clears throat> I'm just turning the pages here. So now, they are the watchtower. They are observing it. They are guides. They entered. 
and the watchtower was connected with the security department. Even though its administration was autonomous, it still had to work in harmony with the security department in perfect cohesion of the ideas and fraternal solidarity. If the various departments of the colony could be measured in terms of sheer responsibility, the watchtower would be the most responsible of all because it was located in a dangerous region of the lower astral zones and was surrounded by noxious and perturbing elements. Its job was to combat and divert any attack by assaulting spirits and to direct to other areas any wretched spirits persecuted by obsessors and who desire to find shelter in the colony at any cost. Now, this is interesting because we're going to learn here. As Father Anselmo, who is a, uh, now the one who is in charge of that watchtower, he says, my dear friends, I will start by explaining that the watchtower is having to deal with many tasks at the moment. Okay. There is lack of specialized workers. They, they are still organizing themselves. This is so beautiful. And he says, he talks about several rooms, rooms with several different equipment, screens that will be used specially to keep an eye on the value of suicides. Okay. And, and I'll explain this to you. They have this like control room where they keep an eye, the cameras, on the value of the suicides. And they say, unfortunately, we cannot go there and rescue them because they are still connected to the physical bodies. And we have to wait for those the vitality to be extinguished so we can rescue. As soon as we know it, we go with the caravans and rescue them. But he explains to us, something that maybe people don't often talk about. He talks about the fact that some of these suicide spirits are suicide obsessors. They not only committed suicide, but they became obsessors of others. And when they are rescued, they are putting the isolation wards. Or there is another option here. Our vigilance has to be tireless, strict, meticulous, due to the zone of disorder where our fortress is located. Being so close to the earth, it receives its multiple disturbing influences. It also receives those from the sinister valley that houses our future guests, those from the lower zones filled with evildoers from earthly societies, and those from the roaming hordes, hardened in evil, whose aim is to lure imprudent and inexperienced spirits like yourselves over their side. See? Mm -hmm. They are monitoring, and they reveal something for us that we need to pay attention. <clears throat> They, be, they meet daily to pray for those people who are there to mitigate their suffering, okay? And at some point, he says something to us that I think we need to pay close attention. <clears throat> it's when he says, sometimes those who commit suicide don't go to the valley of suicides they may stay on earth and you know where they go i'll read it for you and this is something for us to pay attention as well okay being able to go there means that a suicide is already being helped to some degree in the value of suicides because he or she is under our watch and care albeit hidden and registered in a colony as a candidate for future hospitalization. On the other hand, there are other, others who before reaching the value of suicides are imprisoned 
or lured away by hordes of obsessors who might have been suicides or deceivers themselves, perverse and criminal entities who take delight in doing evil, lost in their own evil ways, they are the drags of the spirit world who continue to live on earth right alongside incarnates. Are, you, are we listening to this? Huh? Obsessors who are on the loose. And what are pay, they are paying attention? To the people who are not guarded. We need to guard ourselves. They corrupt homes and societies and do not offer any resistance through the vigilance of good thoughts and prudent actions. And they wreck the lives of incautious persons who give them access to their own moral and mental, mental baseness. If imprisoned by such hordes, the suicide is engulfed by torments that would make those endured in the valley, which are the logical result of the act of suicide, me seem like a joke. And he says here that these spirits, these obsessors, they inhabit horrible, sinister places on earth. Like what? Dark, gloomy forests, abandoned cemeteries, solitary mountain caves, or even somber dwellings in marine rock formations and craters of extinct volcanoes. I will read it again because this is talking about obsessors, spirits that are very, very ignorant. They are here at the level of material life, just searching for victims, including suicide spirits. Once imprisoned, they really enslave them to great sufferings. And where do they hide or inhabit? Places like dark, gloomy forests. And why am I emphasizing this? Because nowadays we see people who want to do these crazy adventures to places that are not very happy. Dark, gloomy forests. Oh, let's do a trail. I mean, really? Friends, we need to think and feel. It's not good. Like visiting abandoned caves. Or like teenagers who like to go to abandoned cemeteries. What kinds of spirits are there? somber dwellings in marine, marine rock formations, and even extinct volcanoes. Nowadays, we are living at a time when you turn on the TV, people talk about the travel channel, etc., and we see people doing crazy things. But they don't understand that it's not all too cautious to take those adventures, to go through them. We may risk our lives. Yes. And especially being so close to spirits like that. We need to have our sixth sense more open. Pray before we do anything. If you ask, what should we do? Pray. If you're feeling conflicted to do something, to go somewhere, Pray, pray before you take a, a decision and allow the good spirits help you to give you a hand in the decision. Let's not take decisions based on fear, craziness, wildness, or even discouragement, right? 
Hypocrites and liars, they induce their victims to believe that such places are of their own making, built by the power of their capabilities because they envy the regenerative colonies headed by illuminated spirits. They imprison them and torture them in every way conceivable, from physical abuse and obscenities to driving mad their minds already burning from the depth of their personal sufferings. In sum, they inflict them with torments that you cannot even imagine. And if you were to witness them, you would not be able to endure it because you're still too weak to insulate yourselves from the heavy thoughts that would befall you and sicken you. Okay, we're going to stop here. We're going to stop here because this is already good enough for us. I think in the next 24 hours, we want to focus on the good, on aiming at acquisition of virtues. Because once we do it, we are out of the radius of this frequency of these spirits that are just looking forward to people who are weak in their goodwill. Shall we, friends? Let me pray the Ave Maria so we can pray together. Keep praying for these spirits who are in need of a lot of love. Like ourselves, we also need prayer, right? Who doesn't? We all need prayer. So let us pray together. Shall we? Let us raise our thoughts, thinking of Mother Mary, right now, knowing that her millions of spirits who are spread out in the world are ready to help all of us, and especially those who are experiencing this mindset of suicide. Dear Mother of all of us, we thank you for strengthening us in our daily lives. You know our difficulties, our limitations, our challenges, and yet you send so much help to us. Thank you. Please help us stay strong, united, as we team up right now, combining the best of our vibrations to be multiplied to the infinite by yours, so they can help those who committed suicide and need rehabilitation. We also pray, sending good wishes to those who are thinking of it. May they know that they are loved, that there are loved ones rooting for their success. They want to cheer them up saying, this shall pass, this shall pass, this shall pass. We believe you, Mother Mary, that this shall pass, and we pray that we stay dutiful and focused on the acquisition of virtues knowing that your love is capable of rescuing us because your love comes from God. May we stay under your guidance and inspiration as you may count on our support on earth to your immense work 
of maternal love. And so be it. Three minutes of a prayer. Right? Thank you, Sol Souza. Thank you, Silviotero. Thank you, friends. Three minutes of prayer that may shift our vibrations and awaken minds who are suffering. Friends, let us stay in this focus and in the next 24 hours working on acquiring awareness of our virtues to be achieved. Meanwhile, let us lift up our hopes because at the end of the day, Every challenge shall pass. Let us succeed by being patient, calm, and always hopeful with a lot of courage in our hearts. A big hug to you. And until tomorrow, God willing, here at Kardec Radio.